You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, and verse 21, and Enoch, and that's the man I want to see today. Enoch lived 300, uh, lived 65 and, pardon me, <coughs> pardon me for doing that. And Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch, what's the next thir- three words? Say it together. Walked with God. The next word says after he begat Methuselah. Yeah, that's not my message, but you can't, we can't read that without after. Maybe he was walking with God before, but he, he had a child. And after that child came, the Bible makes it very clear, I have to, I have to walk with God. There's a, a lot there. You preachers could put a message together that would be awesome to hear. Responsibility gives you opportunities, and opportunities gives you responsibilities. When you become a husband, or a father, or a wife, or a mother, or you become a manager, or a CEO, or you become a deacon, or whatever it is, there's some responsibilities that God gives you. Now it's time to set a good example. I felt like I really tried to be a good father when we had children in our home, and we love our kids and 14 grandkids. But I tell you what, I never measured up to that man that I called dad. My father was the most amazing person I'd ever met in my life. A good Christian, a humble man, uh, a very nice man, a godly man, cheerful man, always the same. Oh, I wish I had possessed that uh, attitude all the time. You know, after you've been given a responsibility, let's step it up. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, after he begat Methuselah, 300 years begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365. And Enoch, what's the next three words again? Walked with God. And it was not, for God took him. <clears throat> and we know that he had a son, Methuselah, and the word Methuselah means when he is gone, it shall be sent. And then the flood came. And so we know and understand that. You know, in Christianity, we have many that stay with God. But I'm sad to tell you this, and I've pastored a long time. Many eventually, eventually abandoned God. Sometimes we abandon God after decades and decades and decades. But the vast majority wind up abandoning God. I don't understand that. Maybe it's because of circumstances of life. I mean, I've known preachers that preach God's word powerfully, and now they're not preaching. I know deacons that, that are a deacon. I, I knocked on the door and the fellow said, I was a deacon. And he said, I'm an agnostic now. Well, in a Baptist church. Uh, there are people that were Sunday school teachers and now would not even think about going to church. Staff members and and folks that one time were red hot, bus workers that were one time red hot, Sunday school teachers red hot. I don't know the last day of my life, and, but, uh, but I do know that as you get older, I, I'm sitting here, I'm 
listening and singing every word that choir, bless this year, so they sung that before. I, I don't care. I, I'm hanging on to every song I can get. They sang that choir number before. I don't care. I'm not going to evaluate it. I want to get, and, and at Calvary, I've been waiting to sing that one. Years I spent in vanity. I've been, I've been and then he lifted me. What, and that trio, the girls, I'd never heard that song. Wow, what a great song. I don't come to church to analyze. I don't come to church to criticize. I want to participate. I want it all. I need it all. And whatever, whatever Sundays I have left, I want to make sure I'm sold out to God. And here is Enoch, and he's going to give us a great testimony, but so many quit. Maybe it's because of the four soils that we see in uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, there was one soil, it was the wayside, and the seed was sown. And the Bible says of that one, the wicked one snatcheth it away. You'll have seed sold in your heart today, and before you leave, you'll say no to God because the wicked one takes it away. Uh, there's the uh, stony soil, and they received the word of God with joy. And the Bible says they, they endureth for a while. They stayed with it for a while, but then because of tribulation or persecution or difficulties, they quit on God. It's amazing what caused people to quit. Someone, another sin, another problem or an attack on you or a difficulty, whatever, you endureth for a while. Then there's the uh, thorny soil. That's the ones that get caught up with the deceitfulness as riches. I have to make money. Money is more important than God. And I've seen it I, at the greatest church in America I'm standing before you right now. We've been here over 40, in fact, on February the 8th, I preached my first message here 47 years ago. And I want to tell you something, I've seen a lot of people come and go. It's an amazing thing to watch people abandon God. And then the fourth soil was good ground. God's success rate was 25 25%. What's wrong with our church? We have people coming and going. God, Jesus had 25%. That's the best. One time he had 10%. There were 10 that he healed, one came back. I, I'm not responsible if you stay with God or not. That's, you're gonna have to eventually, it has to be your decision. I'm gonna do all I can as a shepherd to try to help and encourage and, and, and speak to your heart. But you know, because of the soil was not right, some quit. Some because of sin. They go apostate. What does that mean? A departure from a once held position. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. After my departure shall grievous wolves come in among you, not sparing the flock. And so there comes a moment where a lot of folks, they get sidetracked because someone else sidetracks them. And the Bible says these false teachers will do that to make merchandise of you, to use you. And so we see some Soils are not good, and some it's sin, and some it's self. I think of Demas, have forsaken me, how I love this present world. They want the world more than they want Christianity. They want the world more than they want Christ. They want their freedom. You're going to have to decide what you want. I've tried to make my goal that I might finish my course with joy. And so I look at a man like Enoch, and the Bible said he walked with God. When we walk with God, it means there's a togetherness. It means there's a oneness. It means that I'll conduct myself in such a manner that it mirrors Christ. He said, but I don't, Christ is mystical to me. Well, not when you walk with them. 
and you begin to walk with him, you begin to know him. Fifty years ago, last December, I married Cindy, uh, Cynthia Ann Swanson, now Treber for 50 years. You know, I knew she was beautiful, and I knew she was talented on that piano especially, and I knew she was organized, I knew she was a driven girl, and I, I knew that uh, she was spiritual, I knew she was sweet, and I could see myself spending the rest of my life with her. But when you get married, you begin to understand people. And I'm not saying that we have problems, I, though everybody does in marriage, there's difficult moments, normally because of the man. I tell you what, I, I know that girl. I, I just know her, and she knows me. In fact, she, she, she'll say, she's, she's great, she's a mind reader. She, she'll say, I know what you're thinking. I'm not thinking anything. Women, where do you get that nonsense? I know what you're thinking. Well, what am I thinking? I know, I know. Women, I won't go there because I'm brave. But she, can, she knows, and the truth is, a lot of times she does know. Because the Bible says the two shall become one. And that's what happens in marriage. By God's grace, the two have become one. Now in our text this morning, I want you to know that this walking with God, learning to, learning to pray, learning to read the Bible, learning to let God convict you, and to have a walk with God. There's so many walks in the Bible. There's the uh, walk in the spirit. You shall not fulfill, fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk circumspectly, very carefully. <clears throat> walk in truth, the Bible says. We're, we're, repeatedly, you can go on and on and on with walking. God wants me to walk with him. We sing, I walk with the king, hallelujah. Well, you, you don't know as a little baby. Can you imagine a little two-year-old trying to walk with God? but you keep reading your Bible, keep praying, and keep, continue to study it and search it, you're going to learn what a fellowship, what a joy divine to lean on God. You know, I don't believe that you memorize verses necessarily for troubles and for difficulties. I just believe you try to memorize verses. And it's an amazing thing. When the trial comes, God will give you Scripture. Great peace have they that love thy law. There's so much turmoil because we don't know the word of God. Uh, today, I want you to see this is a conscious decision. Enoch, Enoch had to make a decision. He lived all those years. In verse 22, Enoch walked with God. And in verse number 23, Enoch walked with God. There has to be a decision. I'm going to walk with God. When I fall asleep, walking with God. When I get bored walking with God, when my mind wanders when I'm walking with God, I've discovered in my life I have a desk at home where I go and I study in a room where I study right there and pray through the night hours or early morning hours or whatever it might be. And I've, I've figured out in my office here, I can never leave anything on my desk and go home. I can never leave anything on my desk in the morning because I'll start reading my Bible and my mind will go to that letter, to that note, to that word, that thing I have to accomplish. I have to, it's just the way I operate because I, I'm so weak that my mind can get distracted easily. And I'm reading my Bible 
Sometimes I do it with prayer, Brother Jose. I'll begin to pray about a subject, and I, if I'm not careful, I go down that avenue and ponder and think, and I, I'm supposed to be praying. I, I must say, I'm like you. I'm, I don't work harder than you, but I live on this thing called tired. The whole world's tired. And if you want to get something done, ask the guy who's the, tired, the, the most tired, and he'll get it done for you. But I'll find out, I, I don't know if you know how to do this, but I can be on my knees praying. I don't always pray on my knees. I, I try to every day, but I, 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 I can sit in a chair. But I can get on my knees and start to pray. And the next thing I hear, and it's my wife snoring in the other room. It's me snoring. I, I wake myself up. And sometimes I think, oh, wretched, I was so terrible. But I'm not going to beat myself up for trying. And though I'm a pastor and I should know better, and though I would be a better Christian than that, we get tired and our mind wanders, but still walk with God. Sometimes marriage is difficult because women, I love saying it that way, feel like a real man. Women don't think like men. What's wrong with you girls? Thank you for not thinking like us, though you can read our minds. We're different. And though my wife and I are different, I'm so glad that I want to be with her. I want to walk with her. I want to talk with her. I want to spend time with her. I want to eat meal, an evening meal together with her. I want to pray with her at night together. And no, it's not always the best because there have been many times I'm praying with her at night, last thing, and I'm late, and, 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 and it's just some, sometimes she'll start to giggle. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, you fell asleep during prayer. Isn't it amazing? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, the Bible says. It has to be a conscious decision. If you're not reading your Bible and you're not praying, uh, don't say, start saying, I'm going to do an hour a day. No, no. Take maybe five minutes to read the Bible. And the best way is maybe start with the book of Proverbs. Because there are 31 chapters, and there's generally 30, 31 days this month, 28. And, but read a proverb of the day and read Proverbs 1. On the, on the, tomorrow's the sixth day. Read Proverbs 6, then read Proverbs 7, then read Proverbs 8. And just start with that for a month. And read that one chapter and, and just write some things down. Say, I'm going to pray for these things. Amen. I'm a mother. I'm going to pray for my son or my daughter or my children. I have loved ones that I care about. I have people that are sick with terminal diseases. I want to pray about those people and pray for their needs. I, want to, I know from folks that are lonely and discouraged. I know folks in jail. I know folks that are, 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 are away from God. I know folks that have spent their life in jail. God put on my heart very heavily a man that I know, and he'll never get out of jail this past week. And it's my job to pray for him. I don't accept the, the sins, the wrongs, the evil doings, but I still need to pray. It's a conscious decision. I can't play the victim game, the blame game, the entitlement game. The Spirit does not work that way in my life. I must decide I want to walk with God. That's my decision. Hudson and Riley, you boys come on up here if you will, please. Hudson is our grandson who's 15, and Riley, his brother, is 16. And oh, I love these kids. I love all of our kids. Okay, now, boys, um, I'm not going to... 
lead you because, just follow behind me for right now, this is leading someone. Are you with me, fellas? Okay, because they're following me. But I want to lead them. Let's turn around. I want, I want to come right over here. There we go. Give me some room here, fellas. I'm getting fat. These handsome boys, I want to walk with them. How you doing, Huddy? Doing pretty good. How good, good. How you doing, Hud? Right, Riles? Great. Good. Hey, fellas. God, uh, God doing anything in your heart? Is there something I need to pray about? And don't tell me, but is there anything that you, you have? That, you know, I, I like asking. I was praying for one of my grandsons this morning because he asked me to pray for something. I love these boys. I'd do anything for these boys. Let's just turn around here. Now, I want, I want to walk with you. I love you so much. I want to walk with you. Now, boys, I'm going to take a step. And when I take a step, you go that way and you go that way. Hey, fellas, do I love you? Would I do anything for you? If you both were hospitalized today, would I probably not eat and probably not sleep because I pray for you? Riley, when you were born, your mother spent several weeks in the hospital ahead of time, and then you spent several weeks in the hospital. Uh, in those days, I know your mom and dad, I know I did. I lost weight, your nana, and your grandparents that are here Julie and Sam, we prayed for him to live. Hey, fellas, I don't want you to go that way and that way. I want to walk with you. I, I, I don't know if you want to walk with me, but I want to walk with you. So let's walk together, fellas. And we walk together. Thank you, guys. I'll let you be seated. You know, that's a decision. They, they had to, thank you, guys. They had to decide. Well, I don't like him. Well, it's boring. Well, he doesn't know. He's not from my generation. But you won't believe this. There was a time I was a teenager. And I've already been where they're trying to go. That's why the Bible says, my son, give me that heart and let your eyes observe my ways. I want to walk with you. I want to be with God's people. And it was a, it literally was a conscious decision. By the way, secondly, it was a careless day. I'd love to take you back, but would you remember in chapter 3 and 4, there was nothing but sin. Adam and Eve committed sin. Their son committed murder. Everything in 3 and 4 is wicked. 6 and 7 is wickedness too. The Bible says the whole world was filled with corruption and violence, and every imagination of man's thought was evil continually. So here's this man living in chapter 5 in the middle of all this heritage of wrong and sin and murder and disobeying God, Adam and Eve. And here he is uh, over here, all the wickedness and the godlessness and the vile living over here. And here's a man in the middle of it all and said, though all around me is sin and crime and wickedness and carelessness, I'm going to walk with God. And maybe perhaps even in a Christian school or Christianity as young people, this one and this one, they're all not walking for with God and living for God. But why don't you walk with God? Stop 
Stop qualifying yourself that I don't have to walk with God because nobody else does. In the midst of it all, Enoch walked with God. I find it's a choice. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? There has to be a unity. Couples, I told this to our class this morning. Next week we have an offering called Buckets and Beyond. And I'm considering the beyond for our class. I said, we got the buckets and we're doing fine. Some of us are finishing that up this week, the buckets. But then beyond. And here's a husband and he says, I'd like to see us give beyond the buckets. Here's what I want to do. And the wife says, but I don't want to do that. Or here's a wife that says, I think we ought to do this. And the husband says, I don't think so. I don't want to do that. I told my class, try to go with the one that has the lesser. Don't divide your marriage over what you give to God's people, God's house. Try to follow God. And you know, the truth of the matter is, it may be you'd live that way. And all of a sudden, this one who's down here, whether it be the male or the female, this one in time, over a year or five or 10 or 15 or give it a lifetime, you're, you're, you're one that's down here, the husband or the wife may come up here and say, let's do more for God. But don't ruin your marriage over what you're doing at the house of God. And then I find lastly, it's, it's the chief decision. I want to spend just a moment with this. Sometimes we get trapped in working for God that we don't worship God. Watch this. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him shalt thou serve. Matthew says, I want to see worship before I see working. So, I've watched people for, I, I became a bus director 52 years ago in Illinois. Now, wait a minute. Many of those that were bus captains are with the Lord now. They died serving God. But there are some that don't even go to church. I've been here a long, long time in this church, and there would be some that used to work and work a bus or work a class or did this, and their whole life was work, work, work. But apparently they left worship out. Worship precedes working. Worship or a walk comes before working. Well, I preach. Well, I teach. Well, I sing. Well, I have a bus route. Well, I have a deacon. I'm a deacon. But you may do all that out of working, but that's not your spirituality. That's your service. And I get trapped with it too. Because we're so busy in life that if we're not careful, we work instead of worship. You, you know the poem, I, I won't read it and say it all, but my sister gave me when I was going to Bible college back in the 60s. She gave me a Bible and wrote in there that I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. I pulled it out the other week and looked at it again. She, she passed away two years ago, suddenly. And my sister that's watching and maybe right now in Florida and I would both say she was such a sweet sister to us. I met God in the morning when the day was at its best. 
His presence came like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. All day long His presence lingered, and all day long He stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness o'er a very troubled sea. Other ships were torn and battered, and other ships were sore distressed. The winds that seemed to drive them brought to me a peace and rest. I think I've learned the secret, learned by many a troubled way. You must meet Him in the morning to walk with them through the day. I want to walk with God at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to walk with God at, at whatever time of the day it might be. And sometimes I find myself, if I'm agitated or fearful, I always say, Jack, you're not walking with him right now. I, I turned around and, and he's still there. Because God is not a, a, a possessor of fear. The just shall walk by faith. We ought to be walking by faith. And so when I begin to fear, I know right off the bat, I know right away where I'm at spiritually. I know my temperature right where I'm at because God, I'm working, I'm serving, but I'm fearful. Well, then I'm not worshiping. I've got to get that right before I get the service right. I've got to get a prayer life right before I get a public life right. I've got to get my, my soul right with God so I can be right with man. Your aunt, Priscilla, I want to say Priscilla was 58 when she passed away. She's laid to rest out here. If I'm not mistaken, in fact, I know it's true. Her little favorite course was walk, king, and she was in a wheelchair. Walk, king with Jesus, walking every day, walking all the way, walk, Walking with Jesus, walking with Jesus, my Lord. I'd hear that. I'd think, you know, Priscilla, you were run down by that truck and was walking physically, and you lost your ability to walk again. But it was her favorite chorus, and she'd sing it. She'd like it. She would sew for us as a volunteer. and do all. I, I wonder how many times she sewed things singing that little chorus. Walking with Jesus. God wants you to walk with him. I love Cindy Swanson Trevor so much. He'd break my heart if she wouldn't want to walk with me. And you know, and I know she could tell you that I'm not perfect at this. I want to listen to her. You know, this, hey, little woman, sit down and shut your mouth there and you listen to me. That's not walking with someone. That's abusing someone. I, I don't know if she could tell you this is true, but I try, to I try to register. She said, boy, I'd like my antennas going up because though I may not be able to do it then, if she likes something, I'm going to do it. I don't want to get to these days of my life where I'm agitated with her. What she wants, I want. Because I've learned to walk with her is to listen to her. I learned to walk with her is to respect her. And I've learned, I'm learning to walk with her is to totally love her. When I was a teenager and I closed because we're out of time, we'd go to camp. And we'd go all the way from here to, to uh, Idaho, 
would spend 10 days away. And our pastor and his wife basically took us with laymen. We didn't have a youth pastor. And I had to pull the book out this week, and I know the song. But that year was the theme, Walking with Jesus. And I'll never forget my pastor's wife would take us teenagers and teach us how to read the Bible. And our pastor would speak about walking with God. And I just had the best pastor and best pastor's wife. They invested their lives into us. I have the sheet, it's all, I mean, this is from many years ago now. I was a teenager, all in my notebook, it's all crumpled up and sort of torn up. I had the secretary type it for me. Walking with Jesus is my soul's delight. We'd sing it that year every day. Walking with Jesus is my soul's delight. He guides me ever in paths that are right, holding communion most wondrous and fair. Walking together, what joys could compare? I'd rather walk with Jesus than roam the paths of sin. I'd rather have his friendship than earth's best honors win. My one desire is to please him as daily ways we trod. And so we're walking onward, upward, bound for heaven and God. Will you bear with me and let me read you the second? Walk with Jesus who's right by my side. Ready to help me whatever betide. Giving me comfort and courage and cheer just when I need him to ever be near. The third stanza, walking in Jesus, with Jesus, not always in light, sometimes in shadows and darkness of night. But when I am fearful, I ask for his hand. Then comes assurance, I certainly, I do understand. The last stanza says this. Some are but short-lived while others extend. When mine is finished, like Enoch of old, Jesus will take me to streets paved with gold. Walking with Jesus is my soul's delight. I'd love to pastor a church this week that we all read the Bible five minutes a day and pray. Well, see, I do a lot more than that. Well, then add another five. Well, I, I, I do that, and then I wander, or my, I, I careless, or I miss a day. Well, then start the next. Don't let the devil beat you up. He's the accuser of the brethren. Yep. Don't let him win. Yep. Learn to walk with God. Amen. You young girls, you want to marry right. Well, you're going to have to learn to walk with God. Because Ralph right now that looks so handsome, you know what's going to happen with Ralph? Ralph's going to go bald. And you won't be able to sing about putting your hands through his hair. And if your husband is older and he's not bald, he's not right with God because God never covers his best furniture. You know, he's going to go bald. He's going to get wrinkles. He's going to get bulges. Where you used to be able to put your arm around him, now you can't. He's going to get bunions and you name it. He's just going to be a wreck. Yep. Now, you ladies, I don't know how you do it, but you never get old. But it just works that way. Charles Weigel, and I'll, I'll close. He said that 10 minutes ago. Charles Weigel, in the early 1900s, was a great preacher. He was pastoring a church in Florida, and it was growing and going. And all after five years, his wife came to him and said, I... 
I don't want it. I don't want Christianity. I don't want God. I don't want the hymn book. I don't want the Bible. There was a place in California called Hollywood. She goes, I want to live in Hollywood. Because God's called me to preach. The church was a large church. And they had a little five-year-old girl. She took the girl and left for Hollywood. Lived a very wicked life. He resigned the church. One day he was so despondent, he walked to a pier and said, God, I, I love you. I want to serve you, but I can't now. I I can't be a preacher. My wife has left me. My little girl's gone. I don't see her. My life is just worthless. He was going to jump off into the waters in Florida and kill himself. The Spirit of God began to work with him. Within a short time, he wrote the song, No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he... And he said, God, I'm not going to quit. I don't know what it means, what I could do for you. His wife, within five years, died suddenly. He remarried. He became a great preacher. He was preaching in Pasadena, Pasadena, California, maybe almost 90 years ago now. And in the morning, he got up, and he walked into the rose garden that they had down there at that time. I don't know if it's still there. And it was such a beautiful fragrance. As he walked through the rose garden that day, he was walking with God, praying. I love to go to the cemetery. It's been real wet out there. I like to walk in the cemeteries where I've laid your families to rest and pray. I can sing out loud. I like to go on the levee out here and sing and speak. And nobody hears you out there on the levee. You go out to the salt flats. And he was walking with God that morning. He was going to preach that morning in Pasadena at a convention. And he walked in from being out there in the Rose Garden. And a young preacher sat next to him and said, you've been in the Rose Garden, haven't you? Walking with God. And he said, yes, sir, I have. He said, I smell the scent. I can see the scent, and you can too, and I can smell the scent when we know God. I want to walk with you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.